Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a devotional about the importance of pain in our child's life. Let's listen in. I was writing a book called When Your Teen is Struggling a number of years ago, and I got to chapter six that I had already outlined, and the the name of the uh, chapter was uh, The Importance of Pain, and um, and I couldn't quite get it. I couldn't quite put it together. I'd been thinking about it for days. I didn't know what the intro was going to be. I didn't know what the story was going to be out be about. I, I just knew that pain is 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 involved in parenting, and pain is involved in our life. And and yet, I was trying to figure out a way to to open this subject so that people would understand exactly what I'm talking about. And so, I rushed to the airport, and uh, while I was in Chicago, as a matter of fact, I got I finished speaking somewhere, and. And uh, had to get to the airport. I even stayed right across the street from the airport so I can just walk over, get on the plane easily. And what I was going to do is spend the morning uh, in the Admiral's Club at the Chicago airport and write. And then I was going to get on the plane and I had been upgraded. And upgraded means that um, you get boosted up from coach seats to first class seats. I got to tell you this. I have never purchased a first-class ticket in my life. But because I have so many miles um, and I'm a frequent flyer, uh, there are very few times that they don't bump me up because I have almost 7 million miles um, of flight time. So anyway, so I'm, I'm get, I get to the airport and, um, and I think I'm going to have a full day of traveling back home and I'll get this chapter knocked out but I was still having a tough time trying to figure out just how I'm going to open it up. So I was going to uh, get settled early, grab a hot latte, and begin the task of writing a chapter on pain. But And little did I know what was about to happen. As I went through the airport security, I followed the, the usual routine of unbuckling my belt, taking off you know, my watch, removing the computer from my bag, and pulling off my boots. And I placed everything on the conveyor belt to have the items scanned. And as I was standing in line, the lady behind me was doing the, exactly the same thing. And when she pulled out her laptop, it fell out of her hands and it headed to her floor. And her clumsiness was about ready to change my plans for the day. And about that time, everything started to go in slow motion. And I watched in disbelief, much too late, uh, as her computer was headed straight for my foot. It was curved so that the point of the computer uh, just came down and it nailed my big toe right at the base of my toenail. And when it hit, I felt as though someone had cut my toe off. And the pain raced to my head. I broke out in a sweat immediately, and I kicked her computer like a hockey puck across the floor. And these angry thoughts and waves of pain just overwhelmed me, and I, I started to feel faint. I really thought I was going to pass out. And I hobbled with all my stuff to a seat after I got through security, 
put everything back on and I pulled off my sock and I, and I realized that my toenail had pulled away from my toe and the pressure underneath the nail continued to build and it was so red, it looked like somebody had taken a hammer and just slammed it on my toe. And that's what that laptop did. And I thought, you know, I could walk this off easily. I could put it out of my mind. And, and instead, the pain continued to increase. And so I go by Starbucks. I order a latte. I'm sweating and I'm hoping for some relief. I take a sip of the latte. And I've got to tell you, the pain was so great, even this latte did not taste right. So I threw it away and I hobbled to my gate, barely able to think about anything but the pain that was shooting through my foot. I got on the plane and as we took off, I sat praying for a miracle and trying not to swear out loud. And the pain just kept getting worse and and I could barely uh, sit still. And I was thinking to myself, how can a toe hurt so much? How can it control everything else? around me and in me? How can it change my plans? And I silently cussed and held back my tears. And a, and a stewardess, you can call them stewardesses at that time, came up to me and she realized that I was in pain and I told her what happened. And so she brought me these three little bottles of vodka. You know, I did not flinch at drinking those. I was in so much pain, I would have done anything to get out of pain. I didn't care about anyone around me. I thought only about myself. I smiled at no one. I ignored everybody and everything. And quite honestly, I was writhing in such pain. I really didn't care if the plane crashed or not. I couldn't sleep. I thought dark thoughts. I felt bitter toward that stupid woman who couldn't control her own laptop. And then it hit me. Pain changed me. And then I thought this. God just allowed a wonderful introduction to this chapter on pain. And so by the time I finally arrived in Dallas, the Advil and other things began to work. And by the time I got home, some nine hours after I left Chicago, my toe was still uncomfortable, but it was tolerable. Okay, where my thoughts go immediately with this, uh, you know, whenever whenever I talk about this, is that we have a lot of kids that are in pain. And when they're in pain, they don't think about anybody else. They don't think about anything but themselves. They will do stupid things. They will drink anything. They can pour down their uh, throat to get rid of the pain. They will smoke things. They will do things. They won't care about anybody else. They'll start to hate the things they used to like. They'll like the things they used to hate. They'll have those dark thoughts. They won't care about anything else. They may not even sleep. And you kind of go, how can a kid get in so much pain? And my point of it is, is, is that There is something about understanding the behavior in kids, especially when they're spinning out of control and doing stupid stuff and and just don't seem to care, that there may be some pain that has happened in their life that we need to spend time looking at and figuring out instead of just wanting to control their behavior. You know, I was amazed where the pain had taken me. It impacted every part of my life. It changed my attitude. I was short with people, and the day became very, very long. And things that 
that should have been funny weren't. I was uh, I was angry instead of happy. Um, and because I, I was experiencing such pain, I couldn't stay focused. I was jumpy. I was hyper. Uh, from the moment the pain hit, nothing was enjoyable. Food didn't taste right. Coffee tasted worse. And my appetite was replaced by a gut ache. Important calls, schedules, conversations were no longer foremost in my mind. And the only thing that became important was relief of my pain. It became my focus, my purpose, and my sole desire. And I, and I wonder if most inappropriate behavior is an attempt to stop pain. And I couldn't help but notice that many of my responses were no different than, than what I see in the lives of teens that are around me. And we all endure these times of pain. I, I, I get it. But perhaps you are right there now, or perhaps someone around you or your child is showing the same symptoms that I had. Because pain usually produces the same response in all of us. What was once important becomes irrelevant. The pain uh, itself overwhelms every part of life, and we're focused on finding relief. Uh, my own pain produced some things in me that, that aren't a part of my normal makeup. You know, for instance, my pain made me more sensitive to others. I noticed hurting people more than I noticed before. People with hurt feet on crutches and wheelchairs and limping, and I also slowed down and I asked for help, which is something I don't usually do. And my pain also taught me a few things. First, it taught me to watch out for flying laptops. You know, and the second thing, I learned to keep my boots on as long as I can. I'm almost conscious or more conscious about the person behind me and what they're doing, so I'm paying more attention to other people. Fourthly, I'm more careful to make sure I don't injure someone else the way that I was injured. But most of all, I learned that most people operate differently in pain. And maybe some of their behavior is a result of the pain that they're experiencing. Let me give you another example of this because I, th I think it's the motivation. I went in I, a year ago. I, I pulled some plastic off of a glass door, and in pulling the plastic off, the plastic – uh, ripped, and I punched myself in the face. And when I punched myself in the face, I bloodied my nose, and I cracked a tooth um, on the front bottom part of my mouth. And this was like the day after Christmas. And I sat there, and I moved the tooth around with my tongue, and I thought, oh, no, I don't know what I've done. Well, anyway, I called my dentist, who's a dear, dear friend, and and um, I said, I think I just broke tooth. Which one? Well, it's this. Oh, no, not that one. And it's, well, uh, is it completely broken? Yeah, it's broken. I can probably pull it out. And she goes, oh, no, that's not good either. Okay, Mark, we're going to probably have to take the tooth out. Okay, cool. So I go in and they take, they numb me up and they take the tooth out. I go home and I'm experiencing so much pain. Now, if you know me, you know that I don't have any tattoos, um, and I don't have tattoos because I hate needles. Every time I go to the dentist to get a needle stuck in my mouth, I start sweating about 30 minutes beforehand. And then they then they go, well, let's take your blood pressure before we do anything to you. Even when they clean my teeth, they take my blood pressure and they say, well, your blood pressure is a little high. And I go, really? Now, why would that be? As I'm sitting there in a pool of sweat in the dentist chair. I mean, it. I can't help it. It just It just happens. But I can't stand getting shots in my mouth. I can't stand it. I'm against it. I, I just, 
I just hate it. I just I, even the thought of it, I'm sweating here as I'm as I'm talking to you at the moment. I got home and I was in so much pain, so much pain, that I called my dentist and I said I need to talk to her. I got on the phone with her and I said I'm coming back and I need you to do something. When I got back to the dentist office, I I swear I I I said this to her. I said, either you numb my face up or I'm going to take that needle and Novocaine and start jabbing it all over my mouth. I'm in so much pain. I've never felt this before. Pain has an amazing way of doing things to people. And my point goes back to, you know, because I thought if I had a bag of cocaine right now, I would suck it down. I'm in so much pain. And I joke about that. But I've got to tell you something. I would have. I think that's what happens with kids. We see kids doing the stupidest things and you go, how can you pull a stunt like that? How can you do something like that? And to the level that they're willing to go to relieve their pain shows the depth of their pain that we've got to be sensitive to. You know, when we're in pain, we think that pain is going to last forever, yet most pain in our lives is temporary. Remember 2 Corinthians 4.17? It reminds us that pain is not only temporary, but it, but it has an incredible outcome. It says this, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, he speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts to us in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And so pain is an instrument that he uses to expose who we really are and how life really is and to bring us to a place in life where we will seek him for some of those answers. And, and we all desire to run from pain, but it's a tool that causes us to question our current situation and circumstances and reevaluate our goals and motives. Avoiding pain in your life or the life of your child allows childish thinking and foolish behaviors to continue, and that can result in greater pain. You know, I don't know any parents who enjoy watching their children go through painful times because everything in us wants to bail our children out of their pain and keep them from hurting. But God continues to show me that pain is an instrument that he uses and perhaps at times even causes to motivate us to move to a new level of personal and spiritual maturity. And what I've learned is that there's there's a great value in pain. You know, I learned that God uses pain to develop sensitivity in us and to help us grow. And I realize that now by trying to avoid all that pain, I sometimes get in the way of God's plan and I prevent him from molding me and the people I love into the people that he desires us to be. And as hard as it is to admit, my well-intentioned actions at times preclude God's work in people's lives. Because God wants to use pain to get them to a certain place. And when I relieve them of that pain, they're no longer motivated to get out of their pain. I learned our attempt to lessen our children's pain only postpones the inevitable. And when we succeed, the suffering comes back at a later date when the consequences of choices are greater. And, and, and let, me give you, let me give you an example. 
I've always been a supporter of homeschooling. And so if and if you're a homeschooler, don't sit there and say, uh-oh, here we go. Somebody else is going to be saying negative comments about homeschooling. I'm not. Um, I am still a supporter. And, and so don't dog me about my comments. I mean, we homeschool all the kids that live with us. So I'm right there with you. I'm not speaking against you. But for all good reasons, I think homeschool is is a truly great idea. So don't read this example that I'm against it. It, it you know, I have some concerns about how through homeschooling we can overprotect our children. But under our supervision and shelter, kids may not have to develop some of the critical decision making skills to help them later in life. That's my concern. Homeschooling does protect. That's not the problem. However, in some instances, in some instances, not all, homeschooling doesn't allow kids to be exposed a little bit at a time to a pain-filled world bent on their destruction. So parents become overly protective because they know the hardships that kids face out there. They don't want their kids to experience pain. What, What parent does? So as a result, Children grow up in a painless environment and fail to develop the decision-making skills in tough situations. Kids need to learn how to share, how to handle conflict, how to make choices, how to walk away from dangerous situations, how to operate in social settings, how to fit in, how to function as maturing adults, and how to behave appropriately when everything around them is inappropriate. And as parents, you and I certainly want to protect our children But we must also prepare our children. And by preventing pain, we let our children live in a bubble that can carry them to their own destruction. You know, so our well-intended insulation and isolation of our children can bring about unintended and devastating results. So allowing a child to experience pain is difficult. For example, the same sympathetic heart that moves a parent to adopt a child may be motivated to keep that child from experiencing further pain. The same generosity that drives you to provide for your child can keep your child from learning how to live without some things. Your desire to protect can prevent your child from struggling through the process of discovery. And so we parents must see that momentary pain motivates our children to reconsider options, reflect on choices, and reevaluate where their current choices have placed them. And a child will only touch a hot stove once, but kids today aren't even allowed to touch the hot stove. Matter of fact, many aren't even allowed in the kitchen because mom and dad are doing all the cooking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Parents often control things and control them tightly, not even giving a child the opportunity to develop a sense of control, much less the ability to make choices. And that kind of control and overprotection is detrimental to a child's development. Mom, Dad, understand that experience is a good teacher, and allowing a child to fail is sometimes a good thing. Permitting a child to feel emotional hurt and even feel some physical pain can do some pretty good things for that child. You know, I think that I would brush and floss my teeth a whole lot more if my dentist didn't use Novocaine to deaden the pain of drilling when she fills my cavities. I would do what I needed to do to avoid the pain. It's amazing. Pain is a powerful, powerful motivator. 
Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.